as you saw on the uh, quick video blurb, uh, we are in the, the series that uh, I've entitled uh, Putting Together the Pieces, Putting Together the Pieces of Who You Are, Who I Am, Trying to Figure That Out. And in doing so, last week we saw the great I Am out of Exodus chapter 3, um, verses 14 and down through 22, talks about who he was, who he is, and we are going to do that kind of part two today, not seeing necessarily who God is, God the Father, but seeing the great I am in Jesus Christ. There are eight different statements that Jesus made in the Gospel of John that are called the I am statements. Some refer to them as seven, but, but there's true, there, there are eight, and we're going to read through those very quickly, and we're going to key in on one. So um, if you have your Bible, you can turn to the Gospel of John. We're going to start in John chapter 6, and then we will move forward. But in John chapter 6, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But he also goes in the next uh, passage in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am not the bread of life, but I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Later in that chapter, in chapter 8, verse 58, he says this, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, before we go any further, you need to understand the gravity, the weight of that statement. Jesus is talking to some Jews. He's talking to the religious of the day, and Jesus says, hey, before Abraham, before your father Abraham was, I am. Before he walked from the Ur of the Chaldees all the way into the promised land that first time, I am. In that statement, Jesus says, I'm God. In that statement, Jesus said, I am God the Father. That was radical. That was unheard of. That almost got him stoned. He continues in John 10, verse 9, I am the door. Anyone who enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Later in that chapter, he says this, that I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In John chapter 11, verse 25, John, uh, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And then in John chapter 15, verse 1, Jesus said, I am the vine. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. In all of those statements... Jesus is trying to describe to those listeners. He is trying to describe to those that are following him. He's trying to give attributes and characteristics of who he is so they might 
No. And I want us to key in this morning on a passage in John chapter 14. And in John chapter 14, there's six verses, and we're going to look at these six verses. And they are, at the end, it is an I am statement. But I need you to see the precision of who Jesus is. I'm trying to introduce this, and it is Olympics, and I don't know how many pastors in the United States or around the world are going to open their sermons with an Olympic illustration, probably a lot. And the reason that we are going to do that this morning is because you probably have watched some of them, and you probably have cheered on some USA folk. But this past week, at the Olympics, uh, in the swimming, in the men's swimming competitions, there were a number of races that were close. I mean, they, they were close. Within four hundredths of a second, one touched the wall after the one previous or right before him. And then there was a race. It was a race that everybody thought Michael Phelps was supposed to win. If he would have won it, it would have been the fourth time that he won that race, but he got beat. But the precision of the touch, there were three people at the same hundredth of a second touched the wall. And so there was a gold medal winner and three silver medal winners. That precision, that touch of that wall and the sensor going off all at the same time, that precision is found just like, just like that in this passage, the precision that Jesus speaks about himself. I'm going to read these six verses. As I read the six verses, I want you to think about what Jesus is saying about himself. Because he didn't use too many words, he didn't use too little words. He used the exact amount of words for his listeners then and those of us now to describe himself in this passage. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so. Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we have come this morning and we have sung, songs to you. We have sung songs about you, of who you are, and of what all you have done just to bring light 
to us. As we have remembered, Jesus, what you did on the cross. In these moments, I pray that you would be lifted high. These moments, Lord, I ask that you would speak to us individually. Father, we are in the midst of a journey called life. And Father, sometimes it is hard. We don't understand why what just happened happened. We don't understand what the outcome or how in the world any good could come from what we have gotten ourselves into. But Father, you do. Lord, would you rule in this place this morning? Father, would you speak to us from your word? Thank you for loving us. Thank you for working on our behalf. Thank you for the gift you gave us in Jesus. We ask it in his name. Amen. Jesus said. Jesus said. I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the way. And no one comes to the Father except through me. What a statement. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Look with me at the precision of that statement. The precision of that statement is this, that there is a way. Aren't we thankful that there's a way to God? Every single person in the world, in all of existence, seeks a way to God. Every single person worships something, someone. And Jesus said, I'm the way. Let's pause for just one second. Let's go back in history. And as we go back in history, we see the garden. And at the garden, something happened. Adam and Eve were in the garden. Adam named all the animals. Adam couldn't find anybody that was his mate. And God took a rib from Adam and made Eve, created Eve out of Adam, and Adam named her and said, she's bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She is that soulmate, and they were together. And I don't know how long, it doesn't state how long it took for Satan to tempt Eve with the fruit. But he tempted Eve with the fruit, and Eve partook of the fruit, ate it and gave it to her husband and said, this is good, you need to try it, and he did. And at that moment, there was separation from God and his creation, man. 
And at that moment, there was judgment. And he said, you will surely die. And he cast them out of the garden. And just so they could not get back in the garden, he set some cherubim with a sword on all sides to guard the tree of life. Because he knew if they partook not just of the tree of good and evil, that's what they just ate, and now they knew, they already knew good, now they knew evil, and if they were to go back into the garden and they were to partake of the tree of life, they would be in that state for all eternity. And he said, I can't have that. You will surely die. And he put this angelic being there to guard so that they would not be able to do it. There was no way for them to get back to God. There was no way. And Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. If you want to get to God, you've got to come through me. You can't go back to the garden. You can't go back because there is a fiery being there with a sword on all sides ready to kill you. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. If you see this precision and this claim, I know it's going to be so easy for you to think of Possibly what this culture would say about the claim. Oh, the audacity of this person. The audacity that Jesus has to state that. That I'm the only way. The exclusivity of that claim. The brazen aspect of that claim. And yeah, we could key in on that. And sure, we can do that. But why not? See the other side. That there's actually a way. There is actually a way for you, a fallen teenager. There's actually a way for you, a fallen adult. There's actually a way for me to get to God. And it's through Jesus. Oh, it's through Jesus. Why, why do we always turn to the negative? And it's so much easier to just think about the negative things. It's Monday. It's Monday. I got five more days of this. Hello. You have the opportunity to breathe. It's Tuesday. I cannot believe that my husband did that. I cannot believe that my wife did that. I cannot believe that my kids did that. Aren't we thankful that we have a husband, a wife, kids? Aren't we thankful that we have breath? Aren't we thankful that we have an opportunity to get to God? Jesus said to you, he said to me, he said to us that I am the way. That he made a way to God and the way is there. We take it for granted. I was looking for this Bible this morning. I couldn't find this Bible this morning. I knew that I was going to preach from this Bible this morning if I found this Bible this morning, but I couldn't find this Bible this morning. I found 12 other Bibles that I have. 
I looked at all the places at my house that this Bible is supposed to be. And then I thought, you know what? I remember it's in my truck. Nope, that was another one. Ah, must be at the office. Look back there, couldn't find this Bible. Finally, I found this Bible. Why do I tell you that? Because I have so many of these that maybe it's commonplace, and maybe it's the same way with you, that we have so ease to find the words of Almighty God that we're not amazed when we read Jesus saying to His followers, Jesus saying to His culture, Jesus saying that I am the way. John chapter 14, verse 2, right before he states that he's the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says something that every single one of us should be shouting about. He says, let not your hearts be troubled, verse 1, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Take just a second. Why in the world would Jesus say to you, why in the world would Jesus say to his followers, hey, I've got this place that God's heaven has numerous rooms, or some translations say many mansions. Whether it's many rooms or many mansions, just understand this, that there's place for you in heaven. And Jesus says, hey, if it weren't so, I wouldn't have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, Jesus is not up in heaven with his nail apron on, nailing two-by-fours, making rooms for you, okay? He spoke the world into existence. He doesn't have to get nail hammer and nails out and put shingles on a roof, all right? What he's saying is this. Hey, guys, tomorrow I'm going to the cross. Tomorrow, after we walk through chapter 15, chapter 16, chapter 17, after we get into the garden and after the time that I'm standing there and I'm kneeling and then I'm laying down and I am praying, there's going to be one of you that are going to betray me and they're going to come arrest me and they're going to take me to five different trials and they're going to be all this mock trial after mock trial and they're going to sentence me to death and they're going to beat me and I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's the preparation. I'm going to the cross for you. I'm going to the cross for you. I'm going to the cross for Brian Tillman, Jesus says. I've gone to prepare a place for you so that I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. If you keep reading in verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And what's the phrase? And I will take you to myself. Jesus did not mince words. The bridegroom says to the bride, his followers, the church, hey, we're going to walk down an aisle together and we are going to be together for all eternity. There is going to be a marriage. I will come back for you, 
so that where I am, there you will be also. I will come back for you so that you can be with me. I will take you to myself. It is an awesome thing to know that we aren't alone. It is an awesome thing to know that He is taking care of you and me. For I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Got a long quote. It's from one of my favorite preachers of yesteryear. Robert Murray McShane is the gentleman's name. And when he preached on this passage, this is something that he said, but I need to tell you just a little bit about Robert Murray McShane. He was a Scottish preacher in the early 1800s. He uh, only got to be the age of 34. He died. It's a rough time in Scottish uh, history to get past 35, 36. That's when most people just died. And as he stood and as he proclaimed this passage, here's what he said about John chapter 14. Speaking of Jesus, did he pull aside the veil that we might steal in secretly and easily into the presence of the Father? No. But he offered himself an offering to satisfy divine justice and reconcile us to God. He said, it is finished, and bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain. That's how we talk in DeSoto County today. From the top to the bottom. It is finished. The punishment of the law is born. The demands of the law are answered. The way is finished. The veil is rent from top to bottom. Not a shred of the dreadful curtain now remains to intercept us. The guiltiest, the vilest sinner of you all. I love how he says that. The guiltiest, the vilest of us all has now liberty to enter in through the rent veil under the light of Jehovah's countenance to dwell in the secret of His tabernacle to behold His beauty and to inquire in His temple. Jesus says to you and He says to me, I'm God. I'm God. I'm, I'm doing all of this that I'm doing for you. But I need you to understand who I am. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the resurrection. I am the true vine. You need to understand of who I am so that you can understand who you are. Brian Tillman, you need to know who I am so that you can figure out all these different pieces of this puzzle that you call yourself who you are. River Bend. There's all kinds of pieces of puzzles. But if we're going to get it right, we've got to know who he is. 
And he has just shown us who he is. He has just shown us, hey, here's who I am. I am the way. If you want to get to God, you can only get there through me. If you want truth, you got to come through me. If you want life, abundant life, eternal life, you got to come through me. There is no other. And you can try for your 70 years, your 80 years, however long you want. You can go in all these different other directions, but there is no substance because he's the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. Sir, we try so very much. Ma'am, One of the words in my vocabulary that I say way too often is, I'm busy. And we can put so much stuff in that 24-hour period that we forget about him. That we just shoo him to the side. But he says, if you want life right now, you got to come through me. If you want worth, sir, right now, if you want weight right now, it's got to come through me. Everything else, fluff. It's like chasing after the wind. But if you want that, if you want it real, you come through me. Heavenly Father, I bow. God, I ask this morning for you to continue to show grace and mercy and Lord yourself to us. Father, that you would continue this morning to allow us to see you high and lifted up. Allow us to see your robe filling the temple because of who you are, the great I am. Lord, you speak to the individuals this morning as we have an opportunity to respond. Lord, you direct. For it is because of you that we are here. It is for your name that we have entered into this place to worship our King, our Lord, living God.